Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Hey guys, welcome to episode 19. I am just getting back from Denver where Eric and I went to Gem and Mineral Show and was totally blown away by some of the biggest crystals in the world. It was so cool. If you want to take a peek, definitely look on my Instagram at Woken Wired. And if crystals in general are something you're interested in, or maybe you're just interested in the business side of building a metaphysical business and how all of it comes together, then definitely don't miss episode 18 that came out last week. It's really solid advice on building an online business and creating an educational platform that reaches really far and wide and creates a positive impact. Speaking of positive impact, this week's guest is Jasmine Takanikos. She is someone I go to for my personal brand strategy, and it's such a pleasure having her on this podcast. As someone who has been in branding for almost two decades and offers a much more human and conscious approach to branding. She has worked with both established brands and small businesses to develop brand strategy, integrated marketing, strategic planning, business development, creative direction, and digital strategy projects. Jasmine is the creator of global workshop and lecture series, Brand Human, which is all about exploring your connection to yourself first and then bringing it out into the world. This approach is integrated in a lot of her strategic campaigns and has become this sought-after tool that has brought brand human around the world as Jasmine leads Soho House lectures all around the world. Pretty cool, right? That's how I met Jasmine in the first place at one of her Soho House lectures, or should I say workshops? It's much more interactive than just a lecture. Jasmine is principal creative strategist for Candor Branding, a branding and design firm, and she also co-created and teaches the course Centering Your Brand at Parsons, the New School of Design. So in this conversation, we start by talking about an octopus blessing that she recently received while on vacation in Spain. And yes, there's much more than you just think it is because octopus is actually a very highly conscious animal with a lot of wisdom in it. And I've been personally completely obsessed with octopus. If you actually octopi is the right way to say it. So if you are curious to see more and are ready to have your mind blown, definitely search for octopus on YouTube and good luck. You're going to get lost in a black hole of octopus videos. Welcome to my life. So Jasmine is all about brand positioning through feeling, intentions, and purpose. And she's also all about building your brand with your eyes open and with the spirit of curiosity and constantly evolving. In our conversation, she shares about how she got into brand strategy in the first place, what brand strategy even is in her perspective, about the importance of connection with yourself to build a powerful brand and a powerful business, why authenticity is not enough. We cover the importance of saying no to clients and choosing the ones you are in full alignment with, And at the end, and this is why you should listen to the very end, Jasmine shares how she as a professional brand strategist assesses a brand and how powerful their online presence is. And then at the very end, she also shares the one thing you can do to take your brand to the next level. 
And one more thing that really, really resonated with me from this conversation is this idea of you as an entrepreneur leading your business, being the energy source of that business. And that works whether you are leading a team of 100 people, a thousand people, or maybe it's just you. You are the source of everything that happens and all the emotions and feelings that are generated with your business are actually dependent on you. You get to choose what they are. So choose wisely. And also, I love that we talk about connection to the body and how you can't build a functioning business without being connected to your body. Covered a lot of things in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And please share your takeaways by sharing a screenshot of you listening to the podcast on your Instagram stories and tagging at woke and wired as well as Jasmine. Jasmine's handle is Jasmine Takanikos, and that is spelled out in the show notes. So, so click over on the show notes to check out Jasmine's work, to check out all the different ways you can connect with us and stay inspired and stay in the conversation. Guys, I'm so excited. Today we have Jasmine of Candor Branding and Brand Human and I love starting by telling the story of how we met and with Jasmine, I had heard about her for a long time. And the very first time I went to her brand human workshop at Soho house in the West village in New York, I was just blown away. Everything she has been, she was talking about was so on point. And so everything I was really doing already in my business, but didn't know how to put into words. And just a kindred spirit, such an incredible businesswoman. And then we ran into each other again at another workshop in Malibu this time, another brand human workshop. And Jasmine called me out and said something about my brand and how I've done something right. And I was just blushing and put on the spot and so flattered because I really, really look up to you, Jasmine. So I'm so stoked to have you on the podcast to talk about all things branding, consciousness, connection with ourselves, with our community, all these things. Welcome. Thank you so much, Ksenia. It's such a pleasure. So Jasmine, I like to start by asking my guest, what is making you feel woke right now? Right now, what's making me feel woke is like the, the intense depth of the ocean. I just came back from Spain and did one of my most intense swims in the Mediterranean. And that shifted me on a sort of cellular level that has been an interesting intrigue into my process. And then I would say, it actually, it's just like a lot about the physical body right now, but kind of every day is my client work and the diverse kind of projects that we get to work on and be a part of because they sort of ask me to step up my thinking daily. And I love that. Can you tell me more about what happened in the Mediterranean Sea? That sounded very intriguing. Yeah, so I was going to, whenever I am close to the Mediterranean. I always get on a boat as soon as possible so that I can really explore. And I usually take a a sailboat or a catamaran sort of trip. And this time I decided to hire a very small speedboat so that I could kind of explore in a different way, be almost like kind of closer to almost the ocean. I don't know if that makes sense, but just like smaller and more compact. And the captain that I was with we had gone to one place to swim and he was like, oh, you're, you're a strong swimmer. I should take you to this really incredible spot. But it's about a 15 minute swim 
with pretty intense currents to get to this protected pool that you could dive and see all this incredible wildlife. That sounds amazing and scary too. Yes. And so I was like, I grew up swimming and I was on swim team and, you know, I'm a strong, I'm a strong swimmer. Just, you know, we all have our natural thing and that's sort of mine. And, but when we got to where we had to jump off the boat to swim, I was really nervous and he had to anchor the boat a little bit further even. So it was more like a 25 minute swim to the, the protected little area and back, which is a long time to be, you know, kind of against the current. Mm-hmm. And I'm part Greek. So the Mediterranean is really in my, in my cellular structure and holds a lot of magic DNA for me. Um, and it's just an intense sea. So I just got really swept up with my smallness you know, mm-hmm. um, and really scared that I wouldn't know if I had the physical capability to swim it. And, you know, when we, when we got there, it just, he was like, you have to, like, this is a, what you'll see underwater will, well, is worth it. You have to do it. And I did. And I got to close to where it was like the bay was protect, little bay was protected like a more of like a pool inside the ocean actually. And it looked like there was rock to hold on to for a moment. And I put my hand there just to like catch my breath. And he was close to me swimming and he was like, take your hand off of that immediately. And I took my hand off and the whole thing started moving. It's probably hundreds of sea creatures. What are those sea anemones? It was one of the largest formations I'd ever seen. They'd made themselves up like a rock. Like fish or what kind of creatures? Like those ones that, I think they're called sea anemones. They're ones that like attach and they look, they look like, like rocks and they like, they have spikes that come out. That sounds crazy. Yeah. And (laughs) they're intense. He was like, you know, I got, I get in this like little protected area and I'm just really tired. And when you get, when you get tired from swimming, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting feeling with your oxygen level because there's nothing catching you underneath. Right. So like if you're exhausted from like a hit workout or, you know, something like that, you can stop and catch your breath through the ground. You know, in swimming, when you when you kind of lost your energy, you have to look for it almost in the sky mm-hmm. because ocean is kind of pulling you down. So it was just an interesting thing for me to even be like, oh, I'm here. I'm here in this protected pool. I have my goggles on and I haven't even looked down because I'm sort of focused on staying alive, mm-hmm. you know, and she was like, look down, look down, look down. And I go in the water and I've just never seen anything like that. It was just like underwater caves and all kinds of fish and all kinds of crazy creatures. And I was looking kind of to the right of me and I see the tentacle of an octopus come out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh. And it just keeps, it's super long, keeps coming, coming, coming. And then, you know, I don't know if you know much about octopus, but they can like kind of flatten themselves. So he just came out of this like rock crevice and he was probably the size of my whole torso. Hmm. And he just was looking at me and like sussing me out. Like, what is this? Did you look him in the eye? Oh yeah. We were like a hundred percent connected. I actually just did a we're working on a logo design development for a client and I incorporated him because he was like, he's perfect for their brand. It's an ice cream brand and he's actually like maybe going to be the character who presented uh, some illustrations. But I mean, I first of all never want to eat octopus again. 
Mm-hmm. And talking about just, uh, you know, I was in his home. But that experience was, you know, visually just turned me on so much and turned on places within my being that were so, you know, I think when you see profound moments in life, you change, you know, that's why we need our artists. And we, that's why we need our creators, because those are the people that provide those prof- profound moments. And we can find them in nature, but we have to often have to swim really far and go past our limits to find them sometimes, you know. Um, this wasn't something that was a tourist destination. This isn't something that people really go go to because of because of the intensity of getting there. I think that that's kind of just like a nice thing to think about in life, that rewards are on the other side of a lot of intensity oftentimes. What a beautiful metaphor. Yeah, 100%. And it's like before we started recording, we were talking about that thing I'm going through of thinking I need to have certain things in place until I get to a certain level or take on certain opportunities. But then the opportunities come before I have those things in place. So it's just a matter of taking the leap, going into into the unknown and figuring things out as I go. Mm -hmm. And you mentioning octopus, I have actually been absolutely obsessed I think you say octopi? Yes. Uh, octopus. Uh-huh. Octopi or octopus, yes. Okay. I've been, I've spent a lot of time watching all kinds of documentaries on Netflix and on YouTube, just mm-hmm. typing in octopus and watching them nonstop because so I am absolutely amazed. And I had a shamanic journey recently where I, it was a, the sound bath with a shaman from Peru, really beautiful. And I had this big vision that octopus is really the smartest creature here, you know, they can, they are really the creature that has the consciousness that we all are trying to achieve. They are the consciousness that has no attachments. They can mold, they can change their shape. They can change their size. They are so brilliant. They're quantum and they're so on the quantum field. And I, I got blessed with that energy. Mm, Now you were that. Yeah. Like it was completely, it was a complete blessing of yeah, it's so it they're really incredible. And yeah, I just felt like it, he was just smarter. He had a level of intelligence that I had never seen. So, mm. you know, it wasn't something that like, you could almost put into words. It's just a feeling, you know. Okay, so no more eating octopus. Got that. Yeah, I don't think we should. So, in your Instagram bio, it says you're a brand builder exploring relationship to self and community. So what is it that you actually do on a day-to-day basis? Sure. So I am a creative strategist. I'm a principal in Candor Branding, which is a branding and design strategy agency, um, along with my partner, Michael Malloy. And on a daily basis, we build brands, meaning we do, um, I've created my own form and methodology of, of strategy, which you're familiar with, you're a client of mine. And yeah, around insight and holistic strategy, you know, for entrepreneurs, we work with a lot of small to medium sized businesses. And then my agency, my full creative services and agency officially launched last September, but I've been in it for about 11 years on my own with consulting and strategy, but added the design end of things, which was really smart. So on a daily basis, we're doing that. We're doing brand strategy and site sessions with clients and a lot of logo design and development work, as well as, you know, some web work, but we're really heavy more on the identity piece of the business. So 
I've had strategy insight sessions with you and guys, I can attest that, that it's really profound work where in our case it was two hours and we would sit down and it's a deep dive in everything that's important to you and everything you want to create and how to build it holistically and strategically and where to put your energy. For me, it's always been really profoundly moving and give me direction and clarity for months, if not years ahead. So I'm curious, how, how did you get into this work in the first place? Well, one of the things I just want to quickly say about, about what you just said with the sessions is that, you know, part of, of my work is very much respecting my client and their own journey and their own insights and their own intelligence. So part of what makes something powerful in a short amount of time, like two hours, is that I approach it from that standpoint. I, I know that my client actually has such deep insight around their business, and I respect that within the process versus trying to apply my own process. I just apply my sort of visions around what they tell me and my years of experience around branding and, and business development and marketing. So I think that that is, you know, how I got into the game was, you know, New Balance was my first client when I was 26. I started my business. I'm 38. Wait, and was Steve Jobs around then? Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. In his New Balance? Yes, in his New Balance, 100%. I haven't even actually, I've never really made that connection. That's so funny. Cool. But I got lucky to have a, a large first client. And um, at that time, you know, brand strategist meant much more of, it was much more of a traditional term that existed in within the advertising framework and meant someone who really worked on just strategy at an agency. But um, I didn't really call myself that for, for quite a few years because, you know, I was really involved with, in any part of the business they thought I could be helpful in at that time my experience was product development and fashion and trend but they would put me in a planning meeting if they thought I'd be helpful they put me in a PR and positioning meeting they put me in a trend meeting it was you know I've, I've said this before but I've been talking quite a bit recently about you know what does brand strategy mean and I would encourage your you know your listeners to ask everyone in depth what that means to them because it's one of those industries right now that like everyone has their own way of thinking about what that actually means. What does it mean to you? What it means to me is to look at all elements of the brand and to advise on all elements of the brand. So first and foremost, it means how do you generate income or make it a real business? So that's not often, people don't often think that's that's necessarily brand strategy, but to me, if I don't understand the goals of my clients' needs, like I can't build anything. And then from there, it's, you know, all of your assets that are required for actually building something that's real, which is, you know, your copywriting, your logo design, your development, your color, your web presence, your social presence, you know, video, like touching on all the things and ways you're going to communicate the brand. That's what I think it is. So how does that tie in with holistic strategy and holistic branding? How are those different from your typical traditional branding? Well, I think if I think about typical traditional branding, it's more you go to an agency and they build out your visual design elements and brand, right? They don't necessarily talk to you about like always about like ethos and mission and marketplace and distribution channels and product development. And, you know, I, I look at all of those moments. So, you know, for instance, something that has happened to us in our agency a few times is that a client will come to us and, you know, 
we don't think the product's where it needs to be. And we won't take them on because we're not building a brand with like a, a thing that won't actually activate and work. Like, I think that's a bit different in the way that I think it's like, okay, it can look and feel incredible, but what, what if the product still needs another six months of development, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I think it is. And I, you know, I think some branding agencies that listen, some, some do them do it very well and others don't. And some charge like an insane amount and it's worth it. And others don't like it's this all over the map. You know, I can speak to what we do at candor that, you know, we work with mainly small to medium sized businesses. We have a few large clients in the branding space, but really that's, that's who we're geared towards. And we, you know, we're, advisors and advocates for everything that they do. And I pride myself in that. There's a lot of incredible business owners that come to me for positioning and, you know, future fitting their business. And I respect that tremendously. And I take that very seriously. What's your favorite part of the process of working with a client? Seeing them grow. Like, you know, I believe if we can get through this life and we can impact others in a really beautiful way, it's like, we've won, you know, it's not about winning, but like, it's certainly about affecting community and affecting other people and helping build bridges to the things that people want to get to. And, and, you know, if I can do that, like, that's what makes me feel so good. And, you know, when I just see a client like beaming and happy and everything has come to fruition because the work we do requires a lot of process, you know, we'll be working on a client's you know, project maybe for six months before it comes out. We're producing photo assets. We're working on the logo, the website, the copywriting. There's so much work and process that goes into something and to see it then all live and breathe and work for a client so beautifully and they're they're really happy and it's shifted their life is like, there's no better reward. Hmm. Do you have any favorite stories of sort of before and after of when a client comes to you and there's an idea And then you guys just take it all and make it real and bring it to life and communicate it. Yeah. I hate to like call out what a before was if it didn't work for a client, Mm. because that's part of my trust that my clients have for us. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot, there's brands that we work with that come to us that aren't launched yet. Right. And then that's a whole different thing of like, you know, you're part of the initial process. Brands that come to us that have some foothold in the market but need to be retooled with design and strategy, I would actually probably prefer to keep that a little bit more private because the brands that we then touch that we make it so much better, you know, I don't want them feeling like faulty, you know? Mm. And part of why they've hired us is to do that so they know they're like not completely on point yet, you know? But there's something to, I think having a branding agency of keeping some of that private. Definitely. Maybe on the other side, you know, if there are any things that you have seen or know happen once that visual and the communication and the strategy clicks in for a brand or a person. Yeah. Yeah. So what our job really is to do as, as strategists and as creatives is to activate a brand on multiple levels, right? Like, it shouldn't just be that the website's working really well for the brand. It shouldn't just be that the social media strategy is working very well. It shouldn't just be like the lifestyle photos look good. I think there's a true success matrix when we're activating several revenue points for the client and several points where they're generating community. So that's when I see, to me, the work is super successful, you know? 
I think when I was a consultant, listen, we all have growth in what we do, right? Like when I was a consultant and I didn't have a full service agency and that talent just to go to, you know, I was using a lot of freelancers and things like that to put things together. And sometimes it would like, I just wouldn't have, I would drop the ball in one piece of it, you know? And now I think, you know, I've reached a certain level of like, you know, just I've I've gone beyond the 10,000 hours, like a certain touch of mastery to what I do, that now it's like that stuff is, you know, activating every point of each channel is, is when I think, okay, this is like working really well. And you're, so you worked for an agency, then you started doing consulting. At what point did Brand Human come to be and how was the methodology born? Brand Human was formed inside the classroom. I've been a teacher at Parsons, the new school of design, for eight years alongside my colleague, Bliss Lau. We've taught a branding and design course there for continuing education with adult students. And, you know, Parsons is an incredible institution where they allowed us to create our own curriculum and have been evolving that ever since together. She's a designer and I'm a strategist, so it's kind of the perfect meshing of skills. But, you know, when you're not given or handed a curriculum in which to teach, you have to create your own, right? Mm -hmm. So I did that. And I did that based on the needs of my students. And that classroom is a very special classroom. Each semester, we teach twice a year in an intensive learning program. So it's like three Saturdays in a row. And Those people are from all over the world at all different learning outcomes with all just, just, they're just very all different humans and they're all learning together to learn branding. And I learned pretty early on in my Parsons career that in order to teach branding or marketing or business development or any of the three, I had to understand who they were personally Mm -hmm. and how their personal opinions about themselves, about their limitations or overconfidence or ego was involved in the process of building their brand. So I created Brand Human to work on what it is to position yourself within your brand to understand when I talk to you about if boundaries are an issue for you across your life, they're going to be an issue in building your business. You know, things like that, like Brand Human has over 50 principles around, you know, fairly simple themes such as boundaries or aesthetic responsibilities, things like that. But then I dial into pretty specific, sometimes complicated ways in which those activate. But it was born in the classroom. It was born out of a need. I didn't see anyone in the market truly speaking to this at the time. First of all, I still don't think there's really any women in this space. And I was like, I think there should be a female voice talking about this. And so, yeah, I just, I built, and then Soho House has been an incredible community to me and saw it and believed in it, you know, four years ago. And then the other person who really said, hey, you have something here, I want you to talk on it, is Jacqueline Johnson, who started Create and Cultivate. She had me speak really on like trend forecasting. This is, I think her second create and cultivate like I don't know six years ago or something mm-hmm. years ago and I realized oh I have something called brand human and then it was bliss Lau, my colleague who officially called it brand human oh that's that's the story so can you talk to me about the consciousness aspect and sort of like the personal development connection with the self aspect of brand human because that's what really captivated my attention in the first place and that I think you speak about so powerfully. Yes. 
Brand human is not a methodology in which like you would go to because you want to make more money or want to learn about what it is to just build a brand. Like there's lots of places to go for that. Brand human, first of all, has been mainly a lecture series. So in order to experience it, you've had to be there in the audience, which means you're part of community and, and part of my energy and partially done that because it keeps things very real time. One of the things that I talk about a little bit around around my audience is that the brand human audience is often not seekers. They're they're people who are pretty secure in themselves. Of course, they're always looking for knowledge, but there's not a an element of that they're lost. It's much more that they're just looking to add to the profound being that they already are. And I very much respect that. So I have a lot of it's my colleagues in the room and and I try to really speak at the top of their intelligence. So if we circle back to consciousness, I'm extraordinarily conscious of the conversation that I'm having with you because if you're spending two hours in in my space, I'm going to make sure to add value and to think in a very complex way and try to be as like again real time and very relevant. So so I bring that from a consciousness standpoint. If we're talking about like, what's your definition of consciousness? I'm just, I'm just curious. Oh gosh, there's so many ways like, I could talk about it. But in this context, I'm thinking, you know, a deeper meaning, deeper intention, connection yeah. with something more than what's on the surface. Yeah. So part of how I lecture and talk and connect the room is I make you think about yourself. I make you think about how you're intertwined in your business and your brand. I really try to. I mean, you tell me you've been in my audience, but that's what I'm really trying to do is I'm I'm trying to have you get a direct experience with yourself. So instead of, you know, me telling you, here are the five things you need to do to make your brand happen. Like that's never going to happen. For, I'm never going to say that because you actually know the thing you need to do, but I can help you provide some toolkits in how to use those tools. You can use those tools if I give you the right ones, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to have more sort of questions for my audience and less statements. And I, I think of like higher consciousness work as super intentional work and not have it having the energy of like hustle. So I'm never trying to get anything from my audiences and I'm never trying to tell them I'm right. I'm really simply there to awaken some interesting ideas to help them do what they do better. And I don't think branding is usually associated with that. You know, I think that the the connotation of branding is, is usually really business oriented or can be like negative or can be, can seem very unhuman. And I want to make it like personal and connected and, that's what we do at candor too with design. Like everything is really thoughtful and the client's part of that whole process. So, you know, there's no sort of drawing a curtain back and coming back and being like, this is what we did for you. And this is why you have to like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing with branding with brand human. And I'm, I'm, I'm always going to respect the people in the room and kind of bow to them and be like, thank you so much for showing up. Here's some things to, we should maybe be thinking about. The last talk I gave in Barcelona last month, the Soho House, was a framework I came up with earlier this year on collaboration in three parts, which is a collaborate, the collaboration of self, you know, what, it, what are you doing to actually 
build your connection with your creativity and your content and so on and so forth or whatever it is you do. The second is in business partnership. When is it time to look for that partner, dissolve a business, shift, whatever. And the third is creative collaborators. So, you know, I, I, I talked about that and I went into, I went into things that I thought were key around that, those points. But I also changed the talk because I've given it now three times and every time there's something different I want to talk about around the framework because we work with a lot of different businesses and different industries. So it's, I'm privy to interesting things that I, I want to tell my audience about, you know, so, so yeah, that, did that answer your question? Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm curious about is what comes up also in my own consulting work is totally mirroring what you're talking about. So it's this idea that whatever comes up to you in your personal life is going to come up in business and it's a chance to either avoid it or move through it and move forward. So something that Karen Eldor said in her article about your work uh, in Forbes is how can we fearlessly become the narrators of our personal brands when we're unsure of the stories we want to tell? So it's this idea that, yes, authenticity is very important and really speaking your truth and connecting to it and sharing it, being vulnerable. And at the same time, what does someone do if they're unsure about what that truth is? How do you create a brand from that place of truth and presence? You know, I mean, I'm trying to do that every day, right? So ideally, that's what that's what I would love to be living in. And how do you do it? Well, I think, you know, truth is, truth can be intense. Truth isn't always happy. It's not always sad. It's sometimes medium. But like you said, if you're building, if you're building a brand with your eyes open, meaning if something's not working, you do something about it. If you need to invest, invest more into the brand, you do. You need to learn something so that you're a better entrepreneur, you do. Or entrepreneur, you do. Like, it's not, it's for people who want to always look at themselves, mm. you know? And that's what the market is starting to, to build more. And you see this in, you know, this massive insurgence of wellness brands and wellness offerings and just what has happened within the quote-unquote wellness industry in the last five years. Because people, people want to stay connected to themselves and they want to build things that matter and they want to feel good about their work, you know? So how you, how you build a brand through, you know, through truth and presence and all those things is, is it starts, it it starts inside of you, you know, because you're the one who has to continually look at all points of what you're doing. And if you have blinders on, to a certain point of your brand, you're going to stop evolving there. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's all interconnected that the entrepreneur who's leading the business is the energy source. So whether or not you have a team of a hundred or a team of one, or you just, you like you're still providing that. Mm-hmm. So you have to find like, where are you getting your kryptonite? Where are you getting yours? What are, what are some of your personal practices to stay connected to that self? I do a workout called the Beta Method with Maylard Howard, who runs a gym here in, in Prospect Heights that is really powerful. And it's a meditation, and it's, it's so like deeply good for the body for me. So that's a huge piece. And you know, in Brand Human, I talk about 
brand human has three components, which is the body business and the brand. And I firmly believe, and this is maybe a little controversial that you can't really build a functional quote unquote. If we look at like what functional means, like all parts moving in equal form brand or be an entrepreneur without being connected to the body. Mm. So that's part of where I get mine. The other part is, you know, through just the incredible work I get to do with amazing clients. You know, I mean, it's a dream. It's a dream every day. We're working with this new beautiful center in um, right near in Carbondale, Colorado, near Aspen called True Nature Healing Arts. That's uh, just this incredible property gardens and just like so incredible. And we're there were the creative agency to just that I get to touch that kind of work every day is just really feeds me. So those are, I would say, the things right now. You know, my life at this time is extraordinarily busy. And, you know, I know people say that, but I just don't know how, how else to say it. So, and I have some really clear goals that I want to reach in the next few years. And I think that the piece of where I'm getting my light and energy from, they have to be really that's like super important that I stick to that stuff, you know? So where are you headed? What are some of your goals? Well, we just had a strategic planning meeting yesterday for Canvas, <laughs> my agency. Cause one of the things I, I really do try to do is the work that I do on my clients. I do on myself because I just think that's an important practice any practitioner. And so we did that yesterday and, you know, the goal is to continue to build out candor and, to find, you know, some new components for our offerings within the creative services and some people to support with that. And then, you know, ideally have a really lovely presence on both coasts, New York and and LA or San Francisco, or even potentially Seattle. And with Brand Human, um, I'm launching a podcast uh, in the fall and getting that, you know, just dialed and out there. And the first Brand Human retreat, which I visited the property that I'd like to have it at in Menorca on Menorca in Spain. And it's really perfect. So I have like that sort of in the works and in due time, it could happen in six months. It could happen in a year. It could happen in two years. But the goal is to start, you know, pretty frequent retreats that work on body brand and business that are profound and, and transformational and both in the work that you do there, but the work that you do on uh, your physical self and the, and your inclusion in the community that comes. One of the coolest pieces of brand human that I just like love to just sit back and watch happen is how people connect. I mean, people have met at brand human, fallen in love. They've started businesses. They've hired each other you know, it's just super cool. And that has nothing to do with me. It's just like the people that come are so magical and so cool. And so I can only imagine what will happen when people are able to spend more time with each other. So with so many things on your plate, Brent Human, the agency, the retreats, the podcast, how do you prioritize and how do you set your goals and know where to put your energy into? Uh, one of the ways... I prioritize this by saying no. I say no to client work. And if it's not completely like, if it's not something that were really, really makes sense to us, you know? So and do I don't, you have a system on how you do that check, whether they're a fit or a no, or do you just intuitively know? Well, you know, I thought that's got a lot of layers because I have a business partner in Candor, Michael Malloy, who's the creative director. And, you know, he has, 
he's a huge part of what we do, right? So he's the design arm and, you know, he has to be feeling the project for the amazing work to happen. And then also just when you have, when you have clients that are out of alignment, what happens is, and I see this with, with my own clients and how we work through making sure either people are fired or they don't keep making the same mistake with clients is that that dead weight takes up a lot of energy and time for your forward motion in your personal positioning or the work that gets you the work. So, you know, brand human is a really important piece of everything I do. One, it's, it's important work for the world. Two, it keeps me very relevant in branding because I'm always having to think through and talk through what's working, which is good for candor and all of it works in synergy, right? So I can't afford to be taking on clients with any kind of toxicity, number one, and number two, that won't be part of a portfolio we're going to be proud of. Hmm. You know, so my gauge is a, like, I don't work with toxic people or people that are crazy. Like I really just, I don't know really how I've been able to deal with that, but I just, I like all, all of my clients. I respect all of them. That's not always been the case. You know, when I was younger, I had, I mean, I basically, the last, you know, client I worked with, I was like, never again was about four and a half years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was sort of, you know, it, it happened because I learned that I had a large retainer with this client, right? But because of the large retainer, they had expected a huge amount of business. They also, you know, there was just, it wasn't a great relationship and it wasn't the right work for me to be doing, you know, frankly. And I left them and it all stacked up into place and I was so much busier and I kind of realized, oh, this is what happens, you know, when you're dealing with people who email too much for no reason, people who want you in meetings all the time for no reason, you know, like just that time suck. And, and that is when I talk about toxicity, you know, you can look at that a lot of different ways. You can look at that, oh, that some person's rude or mean. You can say, oh, that person. But, you know, when I'm talking about, I'm kind of really what I'm talking about is people who like aren't doing their work. So they're doing a bunch of side work to make you busy. That isn't real work. <laughs> because unfortunately, that's a person that exists out there because they're bored. So they just spin you and it's not, it's not efficient. You know, I pride myself on, on efficiency with my work with my clients. Like you said, like it, I try, you know, in two hours, I'm trying to really add as much value as possible versus sort of take time on things that don't matter. Hmm. You know, and something I also learned a lot from you about is setting healthy boundaries. You know, yeah. I know that with Jasmine consult is 15 minutes max and it's done. The meetings is not going to run over. You have really strong work ethic in that regard. And I'm curious, you know, looking back at you starting your consultancy and coming to a place where it's grown so much and you work with such incredible brands, what are some of the thing, things that you think you did right to take it to the place where it is right now? First of all, thank you for saying you've learned from me. Every single time that happens, I'm always like, Oh, thanks so much. I don't think I'll ever stop being so super grateful for that. The question was, where did I get that? Right. Where did I start that? What were some of the, maybe some of the lessons you learned or some of the mistakes you made that made you change your ways? What, what do you think were the pillars of you really having the success that you have now? Um, well, I, I had to, you know, I made my own path in brand strategy and I saw the way I thought things should be. And I believed in that. Even when, you know, some clients were like, no, no, it has to be, if you're a strategist, you have, you can't be creative. You can't do design direction. You can't illustrate like 
no, no, no. Like you can't do copywriting if you're like, I got a lot of notes in my early years. And then I was like, sorry, like I want to use my whole brain. I want to use my full capacity because this is what I see. And it was just something always that I believed in that at the very core of my core of my being. I also have a very dear friend who, who believed in me so, so intensely when we were younger um, that just that like invested in me on multiple levels and was like, yeah, totally. And she's an academic, she's an academic, she's an academia, you know, mm-hmm. she's not in branding, but like that was super helpful. Even having that one person that was like, yeah, totally, you know? So I don't want to discount that because as you're growing on your path, it doesn't have to be a million people that tell you you can do it. You know, listen to the one person that sees you. It's important. So that, you know, that made a tremendous difference. But I think all of the brand human lessons came out of some kind of mistake, you know, because a mistake really is just an experience where it doesn't feel right. You don't want to do it again. Hmm. And, you know, I would say each brand human principle has a positive and a negative charge, right? Like it has like, if you take, for instance, like you brought up boundaries, you know, there's positive things to say about boundaries all the time. And then there's negative things to say about boundaries too, right? Like, so, you know, something though, those sort of broad themes that I work with around brand human dial into these, into these moments and these lessons and, you know, a lesson that's like very simple around boundaries that I've, I've said before, but it continues to be so important is around emailing. You know, when I was in Barcelona, um, a director of a large hotel group was in my audience and he was like, you know, the thing you said about emails, game, like, yeah, if we actually streamline this and it, it could actually change, change how we deal with our entire team, which is, I don't think it's appropriate to send emails to people late in the evening that you're working with. I think it's a huge boundary and I don't think it allows people to relax. And I think it is going to perpetuate this idea of always working, continually working. I'm not saying that I don't work at night. Sometimes I do, or I, I travel over the world. So sometimes at two in the morning, you know, my time it's 10 AM. So I need to be working, but it's two in the morning in New York or LA or whatever. I use boomerang for Gmail and I make thing make, make sure things are timed out. So it's an appropriate time for my client or my colleague to get an email from me because otherwise when an email is just like eating an apple or a sandwich, you're digesting it. So I want my information to be digested correctly. If I send an email at 2 AM, it's going to land in a, in a way that isn't as efficient for me or my client. Oh, I think there's two sides of it, right? There's outbound boundaries and inbound boundaries. So yeah. I personally don't check work emails past like 9 or 10 p.m. So yeah. it wouldn't be a problem for me to receive something. I just expecting a response at inappropriate hours, that's a different thing, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's really smart. Like, it's, it's absolutely that way. So it's like, if it, you know, but you may... So, so maybe you don't check your email then, but that, that next morning you're looking at how they sent it at 10 PM. Mm-hmm. Right. And that could still even affect how you perceive them or whatever, but that boundary and how you check content in general and how you deal with it. I think as a successful entrepreneur, I'm sure you have your ways of like, when you sit at the computer, what you do, when you check social, like, I feel like all of that has become so much a part of the norm of how we organize our lives, you know? Mm. 
Yeah, I've never thought about it that deeply, actually. For me, it's more intuitive. I'm going to rethink that. Well, <laughs> you're such an organized person, and I think you're so kind of devoted and committed. It, and I think it's I think it's harder for some other people. You know, we all have our different types, but I feel like that's probably, yeah, you're right. It's like so, such a second nature thing. Hmm. So here's what I'm also curious about. When you take on a new client or you're considering taking on a new client and you're checking out, and it's an existing brand, let's say, and you're checking out their presence, where do you go to see what they're up to? Do you check their, what's like your route? You know, do you check their website, their Instagram, their email and signature? What are your like pillars of assessing where the brand is? So an existing brand um, will come usually for like a brand refresh or a rebrand. But if they're just looking for strategy, um, that's, I take on limited strategy clients just because of my timing and my recurrent client load. But, you know, it's usually because there is like some positioning that needs to happen, hasn't happened yet. So the first thing I start with, I'll just be honest, is Instagram. I almost always go there first and I'll go to the website. Then I'll go and I'll Google them. I'll also see on Instagram, like if anyone I know is like following them or like, you know, how that it says it in the bio area. I'll just kind of see like who they're connected to and why. And that's, that's usually it, you know, we're, you know, like I said, we're pretty slammed these days. So when we get a new client inquiry, I'll take all those points and I'll open you know, a pages doc or whatever. And I'll just like make my few notes and then kind of put it away until I speak to them directly. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that, you know, I ask when I speak to a new potential client is like, what are their points of evolution? Do they understand them? And do they know them? What does that mean? So that means, do they know, understand how they're going to grow? Mm-hmm. You know, do they know, like, are they looking for that from us? Or are they already clear on that? Because Again, branding means something different to everyone. And usually that question, I'll get a real gauge of who they are and where they're at. Mm, That makes so much sense. So we're running out of time here. One more question I have for you, Jasmine, is what is one thing everyone can do to get more present and take their brand to the next level? Is there like one general thing that you see with your client work that a lot of people are missing that could really make a big difference? Yeah, well, you need to have some kind of strategist helping you. You need to have, because oftentimes that's like the missing link is that, you know, they have a lot of ideas, but like no one who's circling through each idea and how it connects to the next and how it connects to revenue channels with them. So I think, I think some, even if that's a community or that's like, a a really good friend or another colleague where you really run things by them so they can see everything holistically. I just think that a lot of brands I see right now and businesses, people are, are overwhelmed and expected to do a lot, you know, and expected to be multi-talented in a lot of different ways. And, you know, oftentimes they're just missing that moment of like reflecting on every point of the business. So taking that time to do that, whether it's like plan a strategic planning day for your whole day, look up what that means. There's lots of information on what that means from different people who have different methods, but plan a real day to look at every point of your business. Do that quarterly, look at the money, you know, look at their future goals. Like that's what I would see would really help most brands, you know, no matter the size, no matter how big you are or how Mm. small you are. That is so brilliant. I started doing that. 
usually somehow intuitively I do this reassessment on a new moon and I'm about to do it and it's new moon. How perfect. perfect. And, you know, my recommendation is from experience working with you, Jasmine, it's nice to have friends that you can brainstorm with, or maybe you have a mastermind or like your partner can look at your business with you from a strategic point of view, but it's so much more helpful to have someone on the outside and someone ideally you pay money or have some sort of an energy exchange with that actually sits down and there's dedicated time and space to go over all the things. And that's what you've done for me. And I can tell that even energetically, it's so different from, oh, just having like a brainstorm session with a friend. Once we commit to it, the other person commits to it. And then there's this space for expansion and being serious about our business, you know, because whatever energy we give to our business and how seriously we take it and how seriously we invest into it, that's exactly the return we're going to get. So I think that's such brilliant advice to really create that space, you know, to have those sessions. And like you said, um, it's, you know, with a colleague or friend, sometimes it's ha- harder to have the harder, com- you know, it's, it's harder to have the truthful conversation mm-hmm. when it happen. And those are just, those are so key and so important. And, you know, the relationship you should have with your strategist or someone of that nature should be one that's like really backed with so much trust. So you can be as open as possible, you know, and then they can, they can, come completely correct to you with their insights. But, you know, that's what we're kind of trying to do with candor. You know, that was something I saw that was missing is that there was no, you know, real service around, around the strategy work that I think was key paired with design. Yes, exactly. Wow. What an amazing conversation. Jasmine, is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you would like to share before we wrap up? No, it was wonderful. And I just thank you so much for all the amazing work and content and everything that you do. It's like so incredible to watch and thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, always. Hey, did you enjoy the episode? Don't leave yet. There's one thing you can do to support the show and all it's going to take is about one minute of your time. So head over to iTunes or your podcasts app and just find the Woken Wired podcast and please leave a rating and a short review. So I'm going to take a lot of your time and it's going to create a huge difference for us here creating this podcast and how many people it reaches to really bring this important conversation of consciousness, entrepreneurship, social media, technology, building communities, creating strong brands that create a positive impact to many more people than it currently does. So let's make it happen. I really appreciate your time and stay tuned for the next podcast. It drops every single Thursday, so not long now. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.